The opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Castro Financial Services, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Castro Advisory Services, LLC, an affiliate of Castro IS. Castro IS and Castro AS are not affiliated with any entity herein. Welcome to the Finance Factory Podcast, where money is serious business, but not a soporific echo chamber like the rest. This is a show for people who want to build wealth and make wise financial decisions starting now. So put away your money show preconceptions and prepare to propel your knowledge and take some action. Here's your host and financial guide, Peter Huminsky. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tech Talk at Thorium Wealth. I am your host, Peter Huminski. I am the president of Thorium Wealth Management. And you can find me on Twitter at Thorium Wealth. And with me as always for Tech Talks, my friend and guest, Walt Spence. Say hi to the good people, Walt. Good day. I'm Walt Spence at Walt Spence on Twitter, co-founder of MakeGo. You can find us at MakeGoCo on Twitter. It's been a little while since we've done one of these, but there's a lot of really interesting things going on in the tech world at the moment. Um, so we're going to kind of hit some highlights and then talk about a couple of interesting new toys that we have. So why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off, Walt? Yeah, I mean, there's not a better week to start than when you have Build Microsoft Build Conference and Google I.O. going on at the same time. They're a little bit more developer-centric, but as time goes along, uh, it seems that... Uh, both of these corporations like to put out little tidbits for the media as to where things are going, the direction, just like uh, you know, Apple does with WWDC. Because hey, if you're going to have a huge conference with thousands of people and you need to be in front of a mic anyway, you might as well make it a market opportunity anyway. So, um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of great news coming out in terms of software and services and stuff like that. But I'll try to distill it all down for you guys, get the main points. So. Yeah, I, uh, the Google I.O. thing was interesting. I haven't really gotten into much into the Microsoft piece yet, um, being that I just found out that it was this week earlier today. Um, but the Google thing, there were several really interesting things. And we'll see if I can get this technolo- technology to actually work properly. But um, the most interesting thing to me, well, there were two. But the first one was the Google Assistant calling and scheduling the appointment and i'm gonna i'm gonna try and play it for everybody um but what was most the most interesting part about it for me was it didn't sound like a robot i mean the voice was very very human um and the responses were very human um you know it's got a little bit of you know 2001 space odyssey feel to it because of what it is but it's a pretty interesting call so i'm gonna i'm going to play it so let me go ahead and push play here let's say you want to ask google to make you a haircut appointment on tuesday between 10 and noon what happens 
is the Google Assistant makes the call seamlessly in the background for you. So what you're going to hear is the Google Assistant actually calling a real salon to schedule the appointment for you. Let's listen. Hi, I'm calling to book a woman's haircut for a client. Um, I'm looking for something on May 3rd. Sure, give me one second. Mm-hmm. Sure, what time are you looking for around? At 12 p.m. We do not have a 12 p.m. available. The closest we have to that is a 1.15. Do you have anything between 10 a.m. and uh, 12 p.m.? Depending on what service she would like, what service is she looking for? Just a woman's haircut for now. Okay, we have a 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. is fine. Okay, what's her first name? The first name is Lisa. Okay, perfect. So I will see Lisa at 10 o'clock on May 3rd. Okay, great. Thanks. Great. Have a great day. Bye. That was a real call you just heard. The amazing thing is the assistant can actually understand the nuances of conversation. We've been working on this technology for many years. It's called Google Duplex. It brings together all our investments over the years in natural language understanding, deep learning, text-to-speech. By the way, when we are done, the assistant can give you a confirmation notification saying your appointment has been taken care of. It, the call is pretty amazing. Um... And it's kind of scary that AI has made it that far um, to be able to have a conversation with a human who asks a question and then the computer gives a response. Yeah. That's appropriate. I mean, that's what just blew my mind. I, I you know, when I first saw that, it blew my mind, not in the sense of um, what it's capable of right now, but what's actually behind closed doors. And let me kind of unpack what I'm saying here a little bit. What I'm getting at is it, it's not a matter of what we see or what they have. It's really hard to speculate what they have behind closed doors. But if I were, right. if I were to make a bet, contextual conversation is very easy for the AI, AI because, you know, talking about the physical world and, and things around, um, because there's a lot of data on that now. There's a lot of locational-based data. There's a lot of time-based data. The thing that I think that uh, Google is going to have a problem with, particularly in this instance, is uh, the nuance of conversation and the idiosyncratic way that we speak to each other and communicate, whether it be sarcasm, things like that, of that nature. Right. And, you know, if they're working on that, and I would imagine that's something that the engineers are really trying to figure out because everything else is data. Behavioral stuff is where it's going to be a huge leap. Yeah, and I think the other thing that'll be a challenge in this process is the regional dialects and expressions and things that, you know, that be that are said in, you know, places like New York or Ohio that aren't said in Florida or Texas or California. You know? So um, being able to um, detect that part of the conversation is going to be an interesting challenge for them, I'm sure. Right. I agree. I, I think that AI itself is taking a huge step forward. I think that what we're going to have are more connected services, things that uh, actually speak to what we're doing in context because it understands. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, this kind of plays into that conversational commerce thing that you've heard thrown around. There's 
what's important for us to, you know, kind of take away is that in a few short years, you're just going to be able to talk to whatever device as, you know, and get the information that you need or do exactly what it is you need to do that can be done by voice. Actual physical stuff is still, you know, robots versus AI, they're two different things. And I think that the mainstream public... You mean the Terminator's not coming to, to get us yet? There's no, there's no Terminator yet, but we're building Skynet. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope it's not. I hope he's not wrong on this one like he is a lot of other things. But... <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to talk about Elon or Tesla today, but we'll save that for another conversation. For a rant, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't go on it right now. Um, another interesting thing that I saw from Google I/O was Google Lens features finally being able. It sounds like it actually has some practicality, and what I'll what I'll mean what or what I mean by that is being able to use your camera and point it at text in the real world. And be able to grab that text and paste it into things, into text fields on your smartphone. So, for example, if you write down your Wi-Fi password, um, which I don't recommend you necessarily do, but you could take a picture of it and be able to copy text and it recognize it and then be able to paste it into the, you know, the, the WPA um, uh, field on your on your Wi-Fi password. The other interesting thing with Google Lens that I find pretty fascinating is the ability to point at clothing or items and it pull up sales opportunities or similar items through Google mm-hmm. um, to be able to yeah, do some real commerce with it. Uh, they're calling it something like um, style match or something like that, but um, it's pretty interesting. And I think it's going to be a really interesting thing for all the Pinterest fans out there um, to be able to potentially use that feature to um, find where to buy items and things that they see on Pinterest or other places. It's really Google Lens is going to be able to do a lot of really interesting things with that. Yeah, they're, they're, with these technologies that are coming out, um, you know, Google's main thing that they're working on and they've said this for years is organizing all the world's information right now we're getting into where they've organized it and they want to help you find it and find it better and find Find it quicker and be more accurate it's not just that they're also doing uh, they're doing some interesting stuff around news sourcing and stuff like that you know eliminating some of these random blogs that pop up and start uh, spreading rumors from their news algorithm, but not to step into that too much. But the point that I'm trying to make yeah. is important to them just as much as everything else. We might cause all the people who make a living doing SEO to yeah, have a heart exactly. attack. But uh, the thing that fascinated me the most on that AR thing is like, I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this and I'm just thinking back to what was it, 2007 with Google Glass. And I'm like, well, they've never really given up on it. It's just a matter of transitioning it over to a and what's right. going to be fascinating to right. something what's usable. Be fascinating in the future is how they actually integrate that with other things. Are they going to bring back Google Glass, or are we going to have a monocle that we wear, or do they put it in a contact lens, or what are they? Well, you know, I mean, I, Gary V talks about that is the eventual one day we're all going to wear a contact lens, or we're going to wear contact lenses that are essentially this alternative universe AI. Um, UI sort of interface 
where it feeds information and data and you're going to be able to just think things that you see, um, which is just crazy. And it probably won't happen in any of our lifetimes, but it's a pretty crazy idea if if they can actually pull it off. It's going to happen in my lifetime. I don't know about yours, but it'll definitely happen. (laughs) 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 But in all honesty, like when I look at all this stuff, I'm I'm looking at, I've got a Raspberry Pi coming out here on Friday. One of the things that I'm looking to do with it, and they're, you know, Google and Microsoft aren't the only people doing this. The open source community is trying to make Internet of Things possible. Um, All right, using yeah, a, using raspberry, a raspberry, raspberry Pi to actually—it's not something to eat, but what is it? It's a little microcomputer board, and you can do just about anything that you want to do with it. It has a dual core processor built in with a gigabyte of RAM. Okay, so it's a it's a real computer, and it has HDMI out. So what I'm actually trying to do with this thing, and I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'll report back the next time we talk, trying to make a smart mirror. So if you go on YouTube, there are plenty of people who've actually done this already, but um, it's it was really more of a thing a couple of years ago where people were trying it out to see, and it kind of lost steam. But now, Is this like my TV in the mirror at the Trump Hotel yeah, type thing? Exactly. But it, the difference okay. is that when I wake up, I want to be able to ask for the weather and everything when I'm getting ready in the bathroom. That's that's a thing for me. Like, right. I'm looking for Jarvis. Basically, I've been waiting for Jarvis for like since the first Iron Man came out. Basically, <laughs> yeah, Jarvis would be pretty cool floating around your house. And probably the only person who has that's Bill Gates. But in all honesty, like that's that's where all this stuff is leading. Um, right. You know. Yeah, the fully interconnected house and world is is certainly on its way. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends on Twitter. Um, just got a Wi-Fi enabled um, refrigerator and he's all excited about the fact that he can see what's inside his refrigerator now on his phone when he goes to the grocery store to know if he needs to get milk or not. When you told me that, all I could think of was Silicon Valley now. Oh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hot dog, not hot dog. <laughs> Some other things that we were going to touch on. Um, so the bigger thing here is like uh, I really think that Google put Apple on a back foot in terms of services and software this week. Now, I'm not saying that. Oh, uh, that's rude. I'm not saying Apple isn't going to respond, but I'm pretty sure that they are probably even themselves sitting there going, man, we had the lead with Siri and we basically pooped the bed for lack of better terms when it comes to like this assistant thing, because, you know, Google Assistant's basically been in the market for what, a year, year and a half. No, it's been longer than that, but I get your point. Right. Well, it hasn't been integrated in, in across different platforms for that long. Yeah, the Google Home thing has is is new, but Google Assistant's been around for a while. Yeah, well, what I'm saying is like the AI portion of it. Um, but I, I guess to kind of get around to what I'm talking about is like Apple's really got to deliver something at WWDC, not just in terms of hardware, which. To some extent, they're a victim of their own success in the hardware market. Can we both agree on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know exactly what we're going to see there, but you know, the iPhone X has been a success by pretty much everyone's definition. I mean, it really is. Now, it's not the everyman phone yet, and it won't be for quite a while. I mean, that's probably several years down the road. Um, but it made a huge leap forward technology wise, um, still has some bugs to work out and things to fix on the facial recognition stuff, but it's, it's pretty darn slick 
it it I didn't like it enough to use it long term just because I got so used to using the six and seven and so I went back to the eight, but I could see in the future the X being a really useful tool. Yeah. I think though So but you're right, they are a victim of their own success when it comes to building things that they right. just sell a ton and, of. You know, everybody gets into the well they haven't sold as many as they thought they would. Well, nobody, you know, can always measure up to that. Like I don't know what the numbers were. I didn't look at it that deep. They arguably had one of the best quarters in the history of the company, but that's neither here nor there. And that actually had more to do with their ecosystem and Right, that's their, what I was gonna really say. I think people were cherry picking the numbers because there's so many SKUs now and that's probably their problem. Right. Um going forward in the hardware. Now software is a different topic. Software definitely needs to make a leap forward with iOS. It, it, quite honestly, like I'm not saying that I look at a Android phone and have um total envy but what what i would like is a couple of the services that are integrated like i would love you know snap multitasking that's available you know in uh what is it available in the ipad pro or something like yeah it's on the ipad pro and i would love to have the ability to you know a more deeply embedded uh, better search um like for example when i was searching twitter earlier i had ts I T T E R and it couldn't find it. And I'm like, really? Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. Um, but I, I kind of want, I kind of want a, a better version of Siri. I kind of want a better version. Of, like I want them to step in. I think we're going to see that. I really do. I think they, they understand that voice is really making a huge leap forward here right now. And I think it's going to continue more so than even video. Um, I think voice is really, I don't want to say her name, but because she's going to turn on because she's always listening to me. But she shall not be named from Amazon. Um, It has really kind of set the bar pretty high as far as people using it and becoming a useful tool. Um, And I think Apple really needs to kind of step into that realm and really get Siri useful on a significant way. I mean, I like Siri and she's... She's great for some things, but there's a lot of things think, she's just really bad the one at. One big piece that we didn't talk out of build that I that you could get at a glance because both you and I realized, oh, yeah, that's right, this is going on. I thought that was next week, and that was that was kind of where my head was. But the one piece that makes it's old news because it was announced before, but they're showing how Cortana is going to tie into Alexa, and um, you know, I think that Apple would probably be smart to partner with. Amazon on that and uh, kind of work on, you know, integrating services. Not that, you know, they're probably not because they're... I was going to say, that's not that's not Apple's way of doing things, but I could see a way that it would make it would sense. Just like when, when yeah. if, if you're too far behind, you have to make some concessions. And I feel like this, in this particular yep. space, they are very far behind, which is sad because they were so far ahead of everyone a few short years ago. But the fascinating thing is that um, the fascinating thing is if you look back in their history, the only time that they've actually really broken out of their shell where they, you know, kind of have the Sony model of having their own ecosystem was when, you know, they got the cash injection from Microsoft and they they brought on, you know, Office onto the Mac um, and helped Microsoft with their sales of Office. Not that there were a whole bunch of Mac users back then, but 
any little bump is good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, it would be a good thing to yeah. at least at the board level start yeah. thinking about the strategy. I would say we could talk about crypto. There's tons of things to talk about, but maybe we'll just make that its own separate podcast next week. Um, to go on to our shiny new toy segment, I have a shiny new toy and I really, really like it. And it's kind of funny you say Cortana because um, I got a Microsoft Surface Book Pro and it's the best computer I've ever owned. And I've owned several MacBooks over the years and Dells and HPs and Lenovo's and you name it. I seem to be replacing a computer almost every 15, 18 months for a long time. This thing is amazing. Lightweight. Um, display is phenomenal. The responsiveness is phenomenal. The speed of this thing is really exceptional. Um, I I don't wait for anything. The responsiveness is is as close to real time as I've ever had on a computer. Um, my my one complaint: battery life is not that great. But when you see how thin it is, you kind of understand why. There's just not a whole lot of room for a big battery. So um, it charges fast and it pulls all the way back up to full charge very quickly, but it doesn't last but eight to 10 hours if I'm working full time on it. Um, so that's the that's the one drawback. But otherwise, it's the best computer I've ever owned. Yeah. I mean, and it really pains me to hear you talk about the Surface this week because I've been having major computer problems the last week. I mean, we got started like, what, 20 minutes late because of my computer problems. Yeah, it was at least 20 minutes. Uh, sorry about that, but no, you know, we'll keep on. No harm, no foul. Yeah, pretty much. I I use a laptop until I melt down the motherboard at some point. That's the way I roll. Um, but the the crazy thing is if I had to pick one thing this week that was the shiny new toy, I actually went ahead and downloaded the Google Assistant on iOS with all these changes. <laughs> Interesting. I wanted to see, you know, of course it hasn't been baked with the stuff that they were Right, yeah, you're not getting everything, but wait until I actually am able to mess with you and say like, Oh, you know, call Pete to set an appointment for the podcast, make it for this date, try to set in this time, that kind of thing. Um, what's going to happen with the funny cat and mouse game that you're going to see happen more than likely is people are going to start with the automated voice prompts to actually say press one for human or whatever. And uh, then they're going to learn, you know, AI will learn how to imitate ketones, which would be funny. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that so will be fun. You can download it in the iOS store. If I had another thing to pick right now, I would say Telegram. Um, encrypted messaging um, on the iPhone, iOS. It's on every platform right now. I use it on a daily basis for business communications, um, especially with, you know, messenger scraping everything. And, you know, it's not that I'm paranoid. It's just a nice little side thing. Uh, well, we've talked about it before, about encrypting your... V using VPN to encrypt everything. Um and I think it's really important. I mean, privacy is a big deal. Um, and, uh, you know, not to get onto the Facebook rant on all that stuff, but our data is important and our data is actually really valuable. I mean, it's more valuable than people realize. Um, and so using something like that could be a valuable tool. Absolutely. And I got, I got one more toy because I've 
this was pretty interesting. So, um, for the, for the parents out there, um, it's called rooster money and it's really a killer app. Um, especially if you have kids and you pay allowances and those things, it allows everyone gets an account and it allows you to keep track. It allows the kids to keep track of their money while, while parents can oversee what's going in and out. It allows you to set deposit goals. It doesn't require you to deposit money into the account. It's just an accounting software essentially for you. So if your child's out at the store and wants to spend $5 for something, you don't forget, oh, shoot, I need to subtract $5 out of their allowance. You can actually go into the app, put it down, um, pull the $5 out, and it makes a really nice um, way to track goals, budget, and allowances for kids, um, which is really... It's, it's, it may sound mundane, but it actually is going to help teach your kids good money habits. And I'm, I... We just started it. It's brand new in our house. We've only been using it about not just about a week now. So I've find it very interesting though. Um, and the kids are actually using it and setting some goals and figuring out how much they're going to have to save from each allowance or what other chore lists. That's the other thing you can do is it, it allows you to actually set up chore lists and put dollar values on those chores. And track whether or not the kids do it. So what's interesting is kids are thinking about needing some money. They go into the chore list and they start doing chores without being prompted. So you can. It's pretty amazing. So you're setting up tasks that need to be done around the house. And assigning a value to them. Yeah. So it's like a bounty system. It's beautiful. And it's available on Apple, Google, and Amazon. Got to send that over to my sister. She needs that big time. Yeah, it's roostermoney.com is the website if you wanted to check it out. And I'll make sure to include a link in the show notes. So it's really a pretty fascinating um, uh, app. Very usable, not very complicated. Um, So it's pretty cool. Excellent. And it's a couple dollars a month. I mean, it's really not that expensive. Well worth it if the kids are going to do chores and... Exactly. Well, and the nice part about it is they do them automatically now because they don't have to come and ask me, hey, what chores need to be done? We've created their chore list. They've got the values on it and they go in daily. And, you know, if it's a daily item or if it's a weekly item, um, you can say that. And then they have to check off that they've done it. And then I, you get a little notification and you go check and it's pretty cool. I ask if it had a verification system for... You know, because the first thing I know that my nephews would be trying is like, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, it, gives, it sends a notification to mom and dad or the parent users, um, and um, they can then go verify that the chore has actually been done. It's excellent. Yeah, it's really cool. So that one excited me. Um, the money nerd in me got excited about that app. So, uh, and I generally don't get excited about money apps because. Most of them are fairly cumbersome to use and more complicated than normal people want to deal with. So this was not one of those, though. So that's all I got this week. Do you have anything else for the good of the cause? I don't think so, man. It's been great talking about the things I like to geek out on. Uh, Next week, maybe we'll do a 
a crypto blockchain conversation and uh so good to get into that with all the comments this week flying around oh yeah tons of tons of good stuff there so we'll just tease it with that and come back we'll stick a pin in it for next week and come back to crypto then so for walt spence i'm peter huminski and this was a tech talk at thorium wealth have a great rest of your week Thanks for listening to the Finance Factory Podcast, hosted by Peter Huminski. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app to catch future episodes. Please remember, the opinions expressed on this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments or solutions may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial advisor, or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Castro Financial Services, member FINMA, and SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Kestra IS and Kestra AS are not affiliated with any entity herein.